Hi, this is Grady Summers. I'm FireEye's Chief Technology Officer and the host for the FireEye Eye on Security podcast. Today we're talking with Mike Sikorsky. He runs the FireEye Labs Advanced Reverse Engineering Team, or the Flare Team, here at FireEye. And looking forward to chatting with him uh, about several topics related to malware analysis uh, and the tools that his team puts out. So, Mike, thanks for joining us. Sure, no problem. So, uh, Mike, can you tell us a little about, bit about your background? You've been at uh, Mandiant FireEye for quite some time. Uh, how, how long have you been here and how did you get into this space? Yeah, so uh, I just had my nine-year anniversary at wow. Mandiant slash FireEye. Um, so it's been a pretty long haul. Um, and uh, But previous to that, uh, in, I got into computer security in college. Um, there was a professor there doing research on IDS systems back in the day. It hmm. uh, got me interested and intrigued and I uh, was going to actually stick around with that uh, professor and do like a master's degree, maybe a PhD. But then I applied to one job and the one job was with the NSA. Mm. Right before I was scheduled to start on that master's degree, my clearance came through and uh, ended up moving to Maryland and joined the agency where I uh, was in a technical development program called SNP, where I rotate to different offices and organizations. And then uh, after I graduated that program, stuck around there a little bit before I went up to do a stint of research at MIT Lincoln Lab. And then I came to Mandiant um, where I was, and like I said, for nine years, Hmm. where I was sort of started off as jack of all trades consultant, working on really any work that came our way. So malware analysis, forensics, incident response, really anything that needed to be done. Over time, it was clear that incident response was a huge strength of the company. And there just needed to be dedicated malware analysts to deal with the malware that we'd find doing incident response. So we ended up building out a malware analysis team, and that team became very focused on how to be the best at doing that. Mm -hmm. And so we created trainings that we taught internally, and then those trainings end up being taught externally as well. And so we uh, ended up teaching lots of private customers at Black Hat, now nine years in a row. Uh, that kind of developed into a group that was called M Labs, uh, which was sort of focused on sort of getting all the researchers and reverse engineers right. together in one group. Uh, and then uh, that evolved when the acquisition occurred, yep. uh, FireEye uh, acquiring Mandiant. Uh, we ended up creating, uh, having the opportunity to create the the Flare team. Cool. And what what the Flare team was was actually pulling all the best reversers from FireEye and from mm. Mandiant, and actually now iSight as well. Yeah. We took all of these reversers and put them on one elite team. That's cool. Um, to be able to really reverse engineer for the whole company. Everybody across the company feeds us malware to reverse engineer or really anything that needs that kind of level of attention. Yeah. So it could be a Mandiant IR, yeah. or it could be something that product found and needs further investigation. Yeah. It could be something that iSight found. Um, huh doing their intelligence stuff. So really, That's across really cool. the board. You know, it, it seems like malware analysis is viewed as sort of the elite ninja end of the security spectrum, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it's uh, such a technical discipline. I've seen people who want to kind of learn the craft. It's challenging because it, you do need such a deep uh, technical um, understanding before you get into it. Aside from that prerequisite, though, I mean, how would you recommend somebody learn more about reverse engineering? The foundation is... One of the biggest things for sure. Like you have to be an extremely skilled programmer before you do this stuff because otherwise you're going to be sort of what reverse engineering is, is you're undoing what the programmer did. So if you've never programmed before, 
How are you going to do the opposite? Right. It's sort of like you're doing the opposite of something that's very hard. So like learn how to had to do it that first right. to be able to kind of get the insight into what the developer did when they were writing their malware. Yeah. Well, number one is you got to get that foundation in programming. Uh, after that, you got to start playing around with, uh, you know, things like crack me, simple malware that you can figure out how it works. Um, getting involved in a lot of these uh, competitions like CTF competitions, mm-hmm. almost every single one of them has a track for reverse engineering now or binary analysis or whatever yeah. it might be. And the early challenges there, which have full write-ups documented online, are a good place to start. Okay. Also, you can get, just to plug, a, a malware book is Practical Malware Analysis. It's kind of a gentle introduction for yeah. um, how to learn how to reverse engineer. Yeah. So while the book does have a spin on um, malware, a lot of people don't even use it for malware. They just learn use it to learn how to reverse engineer generally. Yeah, yeah. So it teaches you everything from you know the basics of playing around with malware, but then to the really deep dive reverse engineering. Yeah. Um, so and it kind of gently takes you through with labs along the way, and uh, really ramps you up. And there's like 51 labs in the book that can help get your skills yeah. up. So. And obviously, uh, you know, you'd say, it, but you're you're the author of Practical Malware Analysis. Uh, which is largely regarded as sort of the Bible in this space, right? It seems like the go-to book now. So. Yeah, I think it's in use right now at probably like between 50 and 100 universities. It's wow. actually now, now that security is entering a lot of people's curriculum. Yeah. Um, and it's also to get certain accreditations like from the NSA and these different places. You need to have uh, a reverse engineering or a malware class now. Yeah. And a lot of people have gone to this book yeah. and its use. That's great. Uh, you were talking about competitions there. And, uh, you know, one competition that you and the Flare team have put on uh, is our Flare On Challenge, which I think we've done twice now uh, at FireEye. Um, what is a Flare On Challenge? How does it work? And when can we look for the next one? Like you said, this is um, we're looking to put on the third annual Flare On Challenge this year. It is a challenge that is a little bit different than your traditional CTF, where you're you know there's a board and there's a competition amongst teams. Uh, Flare On Challenge is more of a solo effort hmm. where you're going through specifically reverse engineering puzzles. It's not all malware based. It's across the board skills that you need to have to be a strong reverse engineer. And you're challenged in different ways. And the way it works is you take the first puzzle, you reverse engineer it, and unlocks a key. And that key gets you to the next challenge. And once you made it through some number of challenges, it varies year by year depending on complexity, to the next challenge. And it's a completely new situation puzzle that you're presented um, and once you complete them all, you're considered a champion. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Some really cool and, prizes, too, right? Yeah, we had a really cool <laughs> belt buckle last year that people loved. You know, people wear it or put it on their desk with a lot of pride, I think, because, you know, we had, I would say, about 5,000 people last year participate, and only, like, 126 got through all of them. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and we're talking, of those 5,000, maybe, a, well, you know, half of them made it through the first puzzle, but... Yeah. You know, it really dwindled down as time went went along. We had 11 puzzles last year. It starts off pretty basic, and then it gets really, really tough by the end. Yeah. And uh, we like to diversify it a lot, too. So, like, last year, we had everything from, like, Android apps to .NET apps. And so this year we're looking to kind of do a little bit of the same thing where you don't know what architecture is going to get thrown at you. Yeah. You don't know what operating system. Might be Windows, might be Linux, might be Mac. You, you don't know. Might not even cool. be... You know, it might be on the phone. It might uh, be on the, so you never know. Oh, that sounds great. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, you guys also on the Flare team uh, put out some really good tools that are, that are useful for uh, malware analysis. One um, that I think has just been out for a few weeks now or a couple months is Floss. Yeah. So a huge goal of the Flare team is 
not just reverse engineering. Um, it's actually also developing tools to make the company itself stronger. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the company doesn't have to come to the Flare team so often. Yeah. But also we like to share with the industry as well because we want to push the state of the art of malware analysis. We want to push the state of the art of reverse engineering. The only way to do that is to release things to the public and share. And so we're huge advocates of sharing. Floss is a great example of that. That's an open source tool that we released that is really unlike anything people have seen before. If you're familiar with the tool Strings, mm-hmm. it's a popular tool that people use in malware analysis. What you do is you, you run strings against a binary and it prints out in text the strings that are in the yeah. file. Um, what, what that tells you, though, is it could tell you, give you insight into what the malware might do. It might tell you what domains it goes to, what IP addresses it connects to. It might tell you where the malware installs itself. Right. And so literally, some people, you could analyze a piece of malware just by running the strings tool because right. the malware developer was kind of lazy and Sloppy. they just compiled it and then strings is very successful at getting the information. Of course, malware authors realize that yeah. malware analysts use strings <laughs> and so what they do is they decided to obfuscate or hide the strings from the strings program. So instead, what happens is when you run the malware at runtime, the malware unravels those strings in memory and Mm -hmm. uses them. So in other words, you can't see what the IP address it's going to connect to until right before it connects to that IP address. What Floss does is it provides you the ability to unmask those or deobfuscate those strings Mm. um, that the malware author intentionally hid from you. Wow. Um, and the way it does it is it actually uses emulation-based disassembly to look into what the state of the program will be right before these strings are used huh. um, and be able to output that to you. So do you actually have to run the malware and grab the strings out of memory? And or? that's the thing. You're not actually running it. Okay. So most tools that try and do this similar thing, you're running the malware and then yeah. taking a look at memory and right. seeing that this does not require you to run the malware at all. Huh. Instead, it's actually using emulation-based disassembly to figure out what the state will be. And then what it does is we we have ways to signature different string decoding functions and then run them through the tool and automatically unravel all these strings. I see. So the great thing about Floss is it also does the traditional strings as well. So the goal, though, is you just need Floss. It's the, your, your one-stop shop for all strings because it's going to give you all the strings you would have got with the legacy strings tool, yeah. but that it's going to also give you any strings that you're able to automatically pull out. Yeah. Uh, this tool has taken off across the malware analyst uh, groups. Uh, a lot of people are taking it and applying it in different ways we never thought of, like very large data sets to see how effective it is. Yeah. It's pretty effective. It's uh, it's funny you mentioned helping other teams uh, within FireEye even. It's obviously popular externally. I was just talking to another FireEye team who was looking at playing around, putting on a network sensor and using it to grab obfuscated streams out of uh, binaries that self-flowing by the network, which um, you didn't even write it for this group, but it's cool to see other groups in FireEye picking it up and seeing if they can do uh, cool stuff with it. Yeah, and we should give, I should give credit to to the authors of the tool. Um, that's uh, Maurice Rob and Willie Ballantine co-wrote it together. And like I said, it's open source. There's a lot of people actually contributing to the source code because they want it to be the best tool it can be. Nice. And it's cross-platform. Runs Linux, Windows, Mac, everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now um, another uh, tool that was just announced this week is FakeNet NG, the next generation of uh, FakeNet, which has been around for quite a while. Can you tell us about that? What improvements does that make? Yeah, so FakeNet NG is written by uh, Peter Katrzyzynski, and uh, he basically took the original FakeNet concept 
and completely rewrote it. So from the ground up, it's the same concept of when you're doing dynamic analysis of malware, so running malware, you want the malware to do as much as possible in front of you so you observe what the malware does. That's what your whole goal as a malware analyst is. One big thing of that is faking the network, tricking the malware into thinking that it's connected to to the internet. Yeah. We take great strides as malware analysts to do that, and that's what the FakeNet tool uh, provides us, right? A way to trick the malware to think it's connected. One, it's, a lot of malware will actually connect to the internet before it does any of its yeah. work. So yeah. if, it's, if you don't have a network connection up, the malware's not going to do anything. FakeNet uh, enables us to get as much teased out of the malware as possible. What it does is it, it sets up um, web pages, redirects DNS... Um, there's a whole variety of features there in tricking the malware. Huh. And then the next generation tool, big features that have come into play is, number one, the, the legacy FakeNet tool only ran on legacy Windows systems, only up towards XP, because it uh, the way it worked technically was that it was a layered service provider. Microsoft phased those out after uh, Windows XP in yeah. favor of something called Windows filtering platform, WFP. Basically, FakeNet NG takes, does away with the LSP concept and instead okay. uses the WFP, which means great for the analyst because now that they're all moving from XP to Windows 7 with their environments mm-hmm. or even Windows 10, they now have a tool that they can use to fake the network. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably like the biggest thing here that we're talking here is the fact that it works on modern Windows. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of other features uh, that are built into it, such as being able to break the uh, a process while it's running. So if mm-hmm. you're running uh, the malware on a system, FakeNet NG will actually can stop the execution, and you can see what the code looks like at that point. Uh, okay. Another thing it can do is it can tell you what process the malware is running in. Sometimes malware, when it's run, it injects into a process, which injects into a process, okay. and so on. And you don't know which yeah. process on your computer is actually the one that's doing the bad stuff. Yeah. And FakeNet will actually tell you straight up, this is the bad process at work. Um, I was just talking with one of our customers who's dealing with malware that is customized to their environment. It looks for certain environment variables before it'll execute. Can somebody customize FakeNet to, to look like their environment? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It, it actually is fully configurable. It's also fully open source, just like Floss. And, um, but there's a config file that you can modify really easily to be able to uh, set up any IP address you want, any domain resolutions you want. Also, if you need to listen on weird ports, you can do that as well. Okay. Um, and then you can turn on these these various logging things or even, like I said, the, the ability to break into the code yeah. of the malware while it's running. Huh. We were talking earlier about how someone can get started with malware analysis. Um, this sounds like certainly an uh, easier way to get started than you know breaking out a debugger. How far can someone actually get uh, analyzing malware in this kind of environment? Pretty far. I yeah. mean, a lot of... The way a lot of commercial products work where they're you know running a piece of malware and trying to see what it does yeah. it has something they, they have to put something like this in place yeah. otherwise they're not going to have success and so uh, yeah it basically gives you that ability without having to you know have a product or anything like that yeah. you just you just double click on fake net it's really easy to run yeah. it launches up and all of a sudden you have a fake network up yeah. I've, I've seen people use fake net not even for malware analysis they just needed a fake network set up to be able to do whatever it is they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, right, right. They're like, oh, I just want a web server up that will serve up web pages of this type. They were able to use FakeNet to do that within a minute. 
Oh, and wow. so it's like there's a lot of different uh, capabilities there and flexibility with the tool. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, if our listeners want to find them, where can they get to those tools? Uh, both those tools are available on our GitHub page because they are open source. So if you go to the FireEye GitHub page, okay. um, both are available under the Flare section, obviously. Okay. There's also blogs on both those tools on the FireEye blog. Okay. So if you go to there, you could just Google Floss and Flare and, Flare and, and uh, FireEye and, or FakeNetNG. You'll get them. And, yeah, you'll find like, them. Like all things, we can find it through Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, it sounds like you guys are doing some really exciting work uh, over in Flare. Thanks very much for joining us today. No problem.